All right, so this is Real Tings Podcast, episode two. Episode two. I'm Pika. And I'm Eddie Kane, or Ed. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. That's all right. I still don't have a nickname yet, and I still have not thought of one yet. So until then, I just guess I'll be my good old government. Oh, your nickname? I thought your nickname was what you're going to have on your... Katie? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's like when uh, I'm code switching. I use Katie a lot. Nobody calls me that at all. So I don't know. It's funny. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll, I'll freak it and turn it into something else. I don't know. But um, let's get right into our drink for tonight. We've got one that you picked out. Did you pick out the last one? No, I picked out the last one. You picked out this one. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. It's like a Kentucky something. Uh, <laughs> it looks cute. I don't know what the name is, but I'll talk about what's in it. So it's got lemonade, a peach vodka of your choice. The recipe that we have and we'll post says Seagram's. Don't nobody drink that shit. Yeah, I, well, I tried it before. You drink Seagram's? I've tried it before. The flavor ones, because I've seen it have flavors, so I tried it. Was How long ago was it? Maybe about two years ago. Oh my god! But it wasn't bad. Actually, it was pretty like good. Like the bumpy face bottle, like yep. old. Straight. But it's not gin though; it's vodka. Actually, it was pretty good because they got apple like at a bar. They got apple. They got peach. They got uh, they got a couple other flavors. It wasn't that bad. And the, but the That's drink is called. It's just the drink is simply called um, Kentucky Peach Vodka Cocktail. We got to give it a better name than that. Yeah. You know what? We're going to call it the Black Bottom. That's what we can call it that. Well, yeah, that makes I sense. Don't peach, I don't know if that should peach be. Peach emoji. Is copyrighted? No, maybe that doesn't. That doesn't fit. It's not dark enough. But it's a really good, light, refreshing cocktail. It kind of threw me for a loop because it has bourbon and vodka in it. And I do not mix unless it's an L-I-T. And if I'm drinking an LIT, then I'm trying to get LIT. So I don't really mix too many uh, clear and dark liquors together in a single drink. But well, it, it, they complement each other. Well, I have no issue with mixing anything. So I'm not on that boat. You must have the, the liver of a gladiator because I'd be tore up if I do something like that. Yeah, yeah probably until... Um... Till I'm in my 40s or 50s, and then it's probably gonna be all downhill from there. <laughs> Hilarious. So the vodka, any choice, but peach to go with the theme. Simple syrup, which you can make at home. I was lazy, so I bought some, but it's just equal parts of sugar and water. It's this type of sweetener. And then bourbon. And I'm drinking old forester. Everybody knows I love bourbon. Mm -hmm. And I think you have Jack. Jim. Jim. Jim Beam. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a uh, pretty good mix. You you have all your ingredients this time? I, I, I do. Hold on. Let me let me show it for the camera. <laughs> Let's see. The color looks good. Yeah. And then I have the frozen. I use frozen peach because I didn't. I, I just use what I had. I just I took the, went to the store this time. I was bougie. I went and got two peaches because I looked crazy just going to go get one peach. So I said two was it's like right on. It looks like I'm about to do some shit with two peaches. And I sliced them and I didn't really eat it. I gave it to my dog and I did not know that dogs like peaches, but he fucked it up. Now, were they right? 
Yeah, mine were actually right. And you set me up. You know, peaches aren't in season for real. I don't be paying attention. Take me to the peaches because I couldn't find it. <laughs> I don't be paying attention. I just be. Yeah, I don't be paying attention. I don't know. That's also why I couldn't just walk away with one peach because I needed assistance to find said peach. And then I was just like panicking. I, I grabbed two. Oh, two. That's enough. And yeah, walked away as fast as I could. But I felt fancy going in and buying fruit for a drink that so, I'm making it. On a, on a scale from one to five, what would you give the drink? Well, what was, what was the last time? What was our scale? I don't remember, but a little inside uh, information. I still can't taste all the way, so I don't know what to give it. Uh, COVID. COVID. It got me. Uh, I can taste the hints of peach. I can tell when things are sweet, salty, bitter, stuff like that, but tastes are really muted. Some things I can taste like 100%, but if they have a strong smell, then that helps me fake tasting it because the smell is so strong that it kind of just, your whole olfactory area, I guess that's all of this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it helps with it. If I can smell it, then I can, I guess you trick yourself into thinking you can taste it. So I can taste the peach, but I don't get any bourbon. I don't get any vodka. It's just really hot going down. <laughs> <laughs> I got, um, I taste the bourbon more than I do with the peach. Mm. So I just might have to t- twist it a little bit just so it, I guess it equals or it settles out on both ends. That's wild though, because it's actually two to one on the bourbon to vodka ratio. Mm-hmm. And you taste bourbon more than anything. I can't. I I drink nicer, nice-ish bourbons, but at this point, I can do well, and it'll still taste the same as like me drinking something super expensive. So that sucks. Now, but I drink- feel the difference in how it hits me. But as far as taste, uh, it all tastes the same. Now, would you um, make this drink again? Yeah, I did a test run yesterday. Yeah. I liked it. Yep, I got hella text course and so yeah i definitely do it again it's a lot that goes into it but it's not hard to make no nah, and I, I and maybe um it's one of the things where probably not all of the uh ingredients are probably required but it's it's like a super syrup or the the peaches and other stuff yeah yeah i would do without the peach for sure and yeah the simple syrup especially if you got a good lemonade then i don't, I don't you you really wouldn't need anything else like sweeter it actually yeah. kind of waters it down a little bit but mm. i can see this being like a summertime drink because it, it is so light and the lemonade helps out with it well all right let's talk about what we came to talk about uh we did have a movie picked out we talked about on the last episode however we decided well ed brought it to the attention that it's black history month i don't think that we really forgot this is probably the blackest black history month <laughs> that I've seen in a long time. That is true. Celebrating being black, black, blackity black in all aspects. And I am not mad at it. No. Um, So yeah, it's a lot of black history stuff going on. So we decided to switch it up. We were giving each other the option of choosing a movie because of a black director or black actor. My choices were Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or Crooklyn. I am a Spike Lee fanatic. Uh, so I knew if it was about a director, that would be the move for me. And I can't remember what yours were. Oh, I do remember. Ironically, you picked the Chadwick movie as well. 21 Bridges. Bridges. Yeah. 
and then mm. what's love got to do with it yeah those are good choices why what's love got to do with it um i, I you know what i really don't know i think i i just kind of searched um like black movies or whatever and it was just mm -hmm. on the list and then i was just like i don't think nobody really talks about that movie a lot mm. that's a good movie i think i was the opposite of you i think i chose based off of a feeling um i'm tired of being in the house i'm trying to go outside and crooklyn reminds me of like being outside having fun back when we was kids and running around and so much happened in different parts of the neighborhood and stuff like that so yeah, Crooklyn is one of those things where um, it, it it reminds me of like us in being in Kentucky. Shelby. Yeah, being on Shelby. Yeah, Shelby, basically yeah. without the um the brownstones and the uh and the um the what's it, the the fire hydrants and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has that kind of vibe. But I'm glad that we chose. Uh, something that had to do with Chadwick and that our, our minds were both in the same place when it came to that. Yeah. This movie, I will read the synopsis. It's a very light, simple synopsis about the movie. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Tensions rise when trailblazing blues singer Ma Rainey and her band gather at a recording studio in Chicago in 1927. Simple, to the point, not too telling of what exactly goes on. Mm-mm. Uh, but you had to say something about the movie, so <laughs> right <laughs> could have been described a little bit better. But there you have it. Um, from the synopsis, well, I guess when you when you first seen the trailer, like, what was your first thoughts about it? The actors, the actors are what told it to me. I didn't know too much about Ma Rainey, so this was actually like a uh, Black History course for me. Yeah, because I, go I googled her instantly. August Wilson. What'd you say? I said, yeah, because I googled her instantly. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that is what sold me. It was just that the actors in it and the fact that it was on Netflix and they mm -hmm. raised the price of subscription. So I'm going to watch everything black that they put out because they got me messed up. Well, I'm on, you know, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of them niggas. I'm, I'm sharing somebody's account. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much it went up. As far as what? The uh, the subscription for Netflix. I don't know. Oh, well, it's twenty dollars. It's like nineteen dollars now. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> it was like seven dollars and some change. They tried. Listen, they raised it. I think two years ago, and I was like, "This is getting out of hand." Can't be that much more higher. They've got a lot to compete with, especially with Disney Plus, ESPN, and HBO Max. Come on now, HBO Max snatching all the Universal movies, but WB Dell's got something on it. Of course, they got Adam Sandler cracking on there. Dave Chappelle um, put it in the Chappelle show on there. That was a that was a big move. What else is Beyonce? They are just driving these places like way up. They got some of the um, the iconic uh, black TV shows. Which is why I'm watching everything that comes across the screen. Yeah. What? For my $20 a month, that's gas. I got a little card now. That's gas. <laughs> I'm paying for gas what I'm paying to watch these movies. So, yeah. I do like that they've got a lot of anime on there. My my middle child is really heavy into anime. They call them weebs. That's the term. I'm definitely not 
that into anime like that. My oldest daughter, she is. Yeah, Devin's heavy into it. Cameron watches a little bit. Jaden watches a little bit. I watched two. One of them was Death Note, which is a really good movie and series. I don't know if you've watched it. We'll talk about that. I've seen it. You've seen the movie? No, I've seen the like the name and all this, but I haven't. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, the movie's worth the watch. It's got Lakeith Stanfield in it. We're talking about black actors. Yeah, he's, somebody to he, look out. He's gonna shoot Charlamagne in the face one day. I uh... <laughs> okay. Did you see, like, <laughs> oh, so you haven't seen what happened? I was about to say. I guess I'm not up on the beef. Let me uh, refill this drink. What's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. So, you know, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, whatever, right? <laughs> Yes. So they're on their press run, and um, um, what's this? The the other actor who played uh Fred Hampton, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. So he was a guest on The Breakfast Club. Two strange ass niggas, but yeah, keep going. And I guess Charlemagne was trying to. I guess I guess Charlemagne and Lakeith have like their own little ongoing beef for a while, but recently, I guess Charlemagne was trying to bait Daniel into something um, from Lakeith's perspective. And mm-hmm. Charlamagne would just say, no, I'm just asking a question. And basically, Charlamagne asked Daniel if uh, <laughs> if um, Lakeith was like, basically, he was saying, like, he's playing that role, like, really too good. I think he might be a snitch or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, Charlamagne gang. And then Lakeith responded with like a video he posted online with like a target of Charlemagne's face and like with a gun in his hand and all. It, it was it was it was bizarre. That's well, again, uh, strange ass nigga. Um, Charlemagne is not the most normal person. However, I have his first book. I'm not finished with it. It was good so far. But he has to be talked about. He he does shit for shock value a lot of the times. Um, he's got strong opinions, very smart, very educated. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he believes half of the shit that he says to people. I think he does it because that's his job. Uh, because if he is that problematic, he is that toxic, he gaslights all the time, That uh, I feel really sorry for that man if that's how he is in real life. Yeah. I feel like some of it is very much an act and he knows what he's doing. And there's a reason why he has the job that he has for so long amidst all of the threats, all the slick talk, all the people pulling up on him. Like he, he deserves what he gets, but I don't think for a second that some of it is an act. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on that same line of thinking. Mm, Lakeith Stanfield. His fingernails is always dirty. I've never paid attention to his fingernails. You should. You should. I I like watch. Um, I pay attention to mine. Well, yeah. Look, okay. When I say I watch, there's uh there's a strong presence of African actors in the last five years. They are coming through, mm-hmm. and so I'm always just you know paying attention to 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 how close they are with each other and. I don't know. I like the familial aspect of how Africans, you know, link up, especially Nigerians. You can't tell Nigerians shit. They are tight. But I think I was watching something and they were together and he put his hands up to his mouth because he was hanging with, I think, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, a few other African actors. Um, 
And I looked at all that dirt up under his nose. I was like, what is going on? Is that for a movie? Why is his fingernail so dirty? And then I started noticing it in everything that I see him. And then I seen it on my timeline. It was like, look, he's Stanfield and his dirty ass fingernails. So it's not just me. That man got some dirty ass fingernails and he make too much money to not get a manicure. Damn. He's, he's That's out here. neither here nor there. I forgot what we were even. He's out here being uh, lucky from uh, Poetic. No, anime, Netflix, Netflix going through the roof. Yeah. I like the anime they put on there. Yeah, we, 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 we digress. We did. We definitely uh, slid a little bit back. But yeah, Netflix is crazy. But shout out to Netflix for picking up things. I'm watching Netflix now and it's got the biggie. I got a story to tell that premieres on Monday. I'm excited for that. Like shit. Um, Shit. I didn't know that that was coming on Monday. And then uh, anime pops up. The Seven Deadly Sins. I I heard that that was really, really good too. So we we went through the synopsis. Um, Yeah. What's next? You know what's next. Don't hit us with the ums. Let's talk about the business side, the dollars. So um, it was directed by George C. Wolf and produced by Denzel Washington and Todd Black. Um, I wasn't familiar with Todd Black, but he also um, did like Equalizer, Fences, and um, the the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, as far as producing, like he was like a producer. Okay. Those. Um, the screenplay was written by Ruben Santiago Hudson. I'm not familiar with, I guess, other screenplays he's written. And it's also starring Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, Glenn Turman, Coleman Domingo, and Michael Potts. Which was a pretty good cast of a mix of as a mix of young um, and older black actors and actresses, mm-hmm. um, which I think that's probably why like me like you was the first thing that kind of attracted me to the movie was first of all the cast the cast yeah yeah. And then um, the production company was um, Escape Artists and Monday Lane Entertainment and was obviously distributed by Netflix and it had a budget of between 20 and $22.5 million. Um, what do you I'll think f- that budget went to? Say that again? I said, what, what do you think that that budget went to? Because the last movie we watched... Only had a budget of five million, uh-huh. and it was shot really well. So this one almost had four times that amount. They were both kind of shot with limited scenery. Uh huh. I'm wondering, like, I, I just question if it all went to the actors because the cast is what drove us to choosing this or wanting to watch it. I'm wondering if a lot of that went to casting. I want to say, um. Because if you look at the quality between Ma Rainey's and um, America's Skin, it just looks cinematographically it look it looks different. So maybe like the cameras and the camera crew and and the editing and all of that stuff was probably a little bit more expensive than um, American Skin. I think it has to do with it being a period piece. 
that, that, that too. Up uh, and that too. That too. In watching, um, I don't know, I know I said something to you about it. And for those viewers that end up watching the movie, if you're looking for like a dive deeper into the movie and into the characters, and also it helped me understand the underlining tones of the actual movie. Mm -hmm. If you watch the accompanied 31 minutes uh, extra look into it, that's also on Netflix. It taught me a lot about the movie, the actors, why Ma Rainey was important. Um, it brought out things that that I didn't realize happened so frequently mm -hmm. as far as music, our culture being ripped out from up under us and then pawned off as something else. That's what we've seen it in Five Heartbeats when they had the oh. five men, you know, stuff like yep. that. And in this movie, you see a little bit of it. I thought that it happened less frequently than what it did. And in, in Ma Rainey's case, um, it, it, it shows another dive into that, but not just because of her, it happened to Chadwick Boseman's character, Levy as well, which I would love to get into when we get into the movie a little bit more, just the underlying tones and themes and stuff that, that came with this movie. Do you have anything else that you'd like to drop? Any other special gems about? Um, the only thing that um, that came up was just the amount of nominations that Viola and um, Chad got. Mm -hmm. um, of course, a lot of those nominate. Of course, a lot of those uh, nominations are still pending. Yeah, um, I guess because it's, it's not the season for those yet. Um, it, it was a lot. It, it was. I wanted to jot down like some of them, but then some of them became like two pages that I was just like, no, nah, this is too <laughs> Give them everything they came for. I say that all the time. Whatever whatever they came for, they acted their asses off. Give give them everything. Yeah. Uh, if I, if, and mostly, and most of them was between Viola and um, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Uh, I want to take the second. I was recording a little bit. And somebody mentioned my shirt. I just want to point that out. Just a kid uh, from Kentucky. That is um, that is a dope shirt. Where did you um, find that at? At Shop Local. Someone just asked me that as well. If anybody uh, is interested, let me know. I'll go and I'm already got to go and check and see if they have any more. But this is one of my favorite shirts. I have a ton of local Kentucky shirts. Matter of fact, you know how you have a t-shirt pile? Yeah. I have a t-shirt pile that is all local t-shirts that say something about being a Kentucky uh, day before yesterday I had bomb Kentucky mom uh, I got Kentucky boy mom uh, one that looks like coca-cola and says bourbon I almost wore a day that's a, that's the sponsorship we need right there you know it might be they just opened back up they uh that's where I get your all shirts from I know you got me you got me a dope as um it was a kind what well, now the, the saying escapes me now um, I love I love Kentucky more than Kanye. Yeah, loves him. Kanye. He loves Kanye. Yeah. I think I got Anthony, the one that says Kentucky attitude with Drake feelings. Yeah, they make really really good shirts. So shout out to Shop Local Kentucky. They Definitely. stay everybody with all the the cute and it's the comfort the comfort of it. They do have um, some good quality shirts. It's, it's not like the you know like you know when people buy stuff in bulk. Building them, we yeah. guess. Or or George, 
<laughs> Listen, yeah, Gilded and George. Y'all need to figure something out. Do something with American Apparel or Man. whatever this is, canvas. All that of that. Shit, that shit feels good. It feels expensive, but it's not expensive. No, it's not at all. And they last for a really long time. Yeah, I, I really like it. All right. Well, someone asked, and I figured I'd go ahead and and let them know, and I'll check and see if they have plug them in. Yeah, we'll plug. Maybe maybe some I'll tag them in the video, and they'll say, "Oh, no problem. Let me send you six or seven. It ain't gonna happen, but we gonna we gonna try. It might. It might. All right. So back to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, which was the title of one of her songs, and. This movie was actually based off of a stage play by August Wilson. Mm-hmm. That, when we were talking about the actors that are in the movie, yeah, um, the cast, and I started, I guess, turning towards the budget of the film, thinking it went to casting, because a lot of the actors that are actually in this movie are big time play theater um, actors. actors. Yeah. yeah, theater act. That's the word I was looking for, play actors. Theater actors, including Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot to be said for the people that we're just now being made aware of with them being brought to screen because it's not like they just started acting. They've been doing this for a really, really long time. But going to the theater, I feel like it's such a lost tradition and a lost art. And I think with Hamilton coming out, it kind of brought everybody's eyes back open to theater. I'm glad that Disney decided to go ahead and and pick it up and bring it to the screen because looking at those ticket prices when they come to Louisville this year, I ain't gonna make it. Three fifty six. Hold on. Three hundred and fifty six dollars. Three hundred and fifty six American dollars for one ticket. Yes, sir. The f- whoa. It's a good play. It's a good play. Whoa. Maybe when I get my stimulus check, I might buy myself a ticket. Maybe. <laughs> I got a Drake ticket for twenty dollars. You did not get no Drake I ticket. Yes, I yes I did. Who gave it to you? I bought it. No, you got a twenty dollar ticket to go see Wheelchair Jimmy. You ain't getting no, no ticket. I bought it I, at 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 Boston at the Garden Center. It was twenty dollars. I don't believe you. This is this is this was. Where this were you was, sitting? I was not too far. You know what? Let me take that back. I believe you. I went to a Drake concert for free. So, nigga, I beat you. That's what I'm saying. But it was a surprise. It was more for clout. I was at South by Southwest. Uh-huh. And they did a pop-up OVO concert. And it was like, the only reason we were there, that's right place, right time. Only reason we ended up seeing him is because it was during March Madness. Uh-huh. And we're with a bunch of Kentucky fans. I mean, I think we were like 20 deep in Texas. We got on Kentucky gear. We like hyped up. We gotta go watch the game, and we had tickets to Fader Fort. Shout out to Fader Fort. It's like one of the longest standing um, venues for music festivals in Austin. Austin is Music City, and we got, a, we got, we got we a, um, still had to go. What I said, we gotta go. To it's our, I mean, it's, um, it's crazy. It, it was absolutely crazy. I had never been to a music festival, so there was the shock and awe of that. You gotta come to the one that's out here. What is that? The one they do at the Redskins Stadium. I forget the name of it. And then there's one that's in North Carolina, the uh, Brocky so joint. The there is just at a stadium. Yeah, it's at the Redskins Stadium, but I forget the name of it. It just they probably just started it, maybe about two or three years ago. Is that considered a festival? 
Because it's at the stadium? Yeah. Um, well, okay. When I think of festivals, I think of multiple day, like Forecastle. It's like, multiple days. Okay. And it's just at the stadium, though? That's the only venue? I think I think it's only because because we're in, you know, DMV. There's not that many open field type areas, I guess, in this area. So the stadium just made sense. Well, in Austin, there there weren't too many they have like a strip and being uh in dc it's it's almost the equivalent it's just like being on limestone here in kentucky there were a bajillion shows and you kind of finessed your way around it fader fort was outside because that's what it's literally built for Mm -hmm. but some of the other venues we went to were just bars or a bar that had like a big outside patio that's where i ended up seeing young thug and i was not a young thug fan until i saw him at south by southwest now you can't tell me shit about young thug my husband makes fun of me all the time because he was like you wasn't even a fan wasn't until i seen the man live and i fell in love i seen little dicky i seen anderson pack i think three times that weekend i seen anderson pack is dope fire the free nationals his band amazing but the Drake concert, it was at Fader Fort, and we just stopped there because we were going to go watch the UK game, and we had the bracelets, which are very, very hard to come by, and drinks were free. They're sponsored by Jack Daniels and Red Bull, so you showed up there, and then I had on a pair of limited edition, like, highlighter Converse on, and it's also sponsored by Converse, and they give away free shoes for no reason, and I got three pairs of Converse <laughs> And I'm carrying them shits around and everybody starts setting up, like closing down shop. And we're like, what is going on? And they were like, we heard there's a secret concert. And I was like, secret concert? What is that about? Because the concerts of the night were trash for the rest of the night. We had already been there to see all the good people. Hold on, hold on. So you wore limited edition sneakers. Oh, they got fucked. (laughs) At a festival with dust and, oh, they got fucked. I... I still, no, I think I gave them away. No, I think I still have them. I still have them, and there's still dirt from Austin, Texas from five years ago. Now you got to leave. I paid to get them cleaned and everything. I was like, I would just let them how it is. Put them in a case somewhere. Put them in a case? Yeah. Uh, You're goofy. Uh, Then we started checking Twitter, and Drake put Austin and put the little eyes like he was looking and he was like, hashtag OVO sound. I was like, okay, who else do I follow that's on OVO? Went to Division. They were like, Austin, what up? I was like, oh shit, this may be happening. All the employees start getting in the crowd and shit. They cut the lights out after Ray Shrummert. That was actually a really nice concert. But after that, it was like going to be nothing. Sure yeah. enough, they set up all kinds of stuff. And we were like 15, 20 feet away from the stage, free Drake concert. Oh, that's dope. Tempest and division and party next door and we were standing right next to kelly Rowland, and erica body was backstage wild that's dope i still i still don't know how you got a drake ticket for an actual ticketed concert for twenty dollars i had a i got a friend who worked at the um the ticket um counter we'll say that you just said that in the beginning i don't want to get the nigga in trouble was the going rate for the ticket you got no, the I, don't, I don't know what the golden rate was no actually i'm gonna tell you about it. let me tell you about it. he used his discount and he was and the ticket was 20 dollars after his discount nigga you should have led with that you left nah, that part out i want to leave it out I, I want to give it a little suspense 
No, that ain't suspense, family. You just changed the narrative. That's not suspense. suspense. I don't I don't I know how much it was originally, but I got after after the discount and everything was twenty dollars. And it was exactly. last minute. It was like it was last minute. It's probably probably two or three hours before showtime. Somebody gave me last minute tickets. We're gonna give me last minute tickets to go see Beyonce when she was at Cincinnati, but it was outside and it was a pouring down rainstorm and I turned it down. Now I regret it. But I, I always say, say I'm surprised. Hove or Beyonce, I don't want no whack ass seats. I have to be close. And I've missed Hove twice because every time that he's came anywhere close, it's been on or a couple of days before my son, my oldest yeah. son's birthday. Probably didn't miss anything. Excuse me. <laughs> Whatever. So I did get to see Kanye up close and that was fire. But, but we, we digress. I'm about to Back say, to yeah. Wonderful we, movie because we're not going to get into the, the specifics of Kanye and Hove. That's another podcast, another yeah. argument. Yeah, so Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. it was based on the play by August Wilson, known as Mother of Blues. Mm-hmm. If anybody is unfamiliar with August Wilson, he also did Fences, which ironically was also produced by, by Denzel. Denzel. And he also starred in it. So it's safe to say that which, Denzel has a thing for August Wilson. And Viola also was in it. Yep. And, and they also were in the, she was also in the um, the theater one also, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So when we talk about the acting in this movie, this isn't your average scene to scene, um, big like production type of movie. This is more about the dialogue, the monologues. The dialogue yeah. was crazy. Yeah. The, as the as far as the stories. Yes. Yeah, for sure. This is something that if you talked or if you got up to go do something, you missed. I don't want to say you missed something in the movie, but you literally missed the part of someone's story because yeah. there, there, there was a lot going on. Ma's story, I think, stretched throughout the entire movie. Levy's story, and again, Levy is played by the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. He had a different story. Um, and then African-Americans as a whole was a story being told while you're watching this movie because it, it talks about something that we were having to go through. Again, it's a period piece. Yeah. And they're in, at the time, the in this movie, they're in, is it Memphis? Chicago. Chicago. I don't know why I got Memphis. They're in Chicago. Um, I think because, never mind. I don't want to throw out shit that I, I'm not, I'm not. 100% sure, but um, say it. you can get corrected. We amongst friends and liquor. That's right. I, w- I want to say that somebody is from down south. Yes, she's from down south. And um, from, hmm, I don't know exactly where she was originally from, but she spent a lot of time in Georgia. Georgia was home at that point for her. Okay, I want to, I'm about to pull it up right now. Because for some reason, Memphis or whatever is in my head. And this is in the 1920s. Hmm. What? No, I'm just saying this is in 1920s. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of her, while you're looking up that and before getting into who Ma Rainey really was, if you are not um educated on ma rainey ma rainey is a real person 
Mm-hmm. The play and this movie are based off of a real woman. Her name was Gertrude Pridget. Her husband was also a musician and they called him Pa. His, I think his real name was William and she's Gertrude. So it was Ma and Pa Rainey. They ended up getting divorced over some, some foolishness. However, she still stayed in the business. Now, Ma was not a looker. Uh, You've seen the pictures of what Viola looks like in this movie. She's actually doing Ma Rainey some justice. This was, uh, she had a lot of strong features. She she was a a heavier set woman. She ran the vaudeville circuit. She did a lot of, I want to say, it would be the equivalent today of like doing drag shows or doing behind the scene like just grimy ass stage shows i guess would be the modern day equivalent but she was in the vaudeville circuit a lot of circus stuff going on so everything that she did was big it was boisterous Uh, she looked like in the neighborhood the lady who sold the 25 cent frozen kool-aid joints cups yeah and the pickle sausages yeah she was yeah she was yeah (laughs) I felt like you're right. That's that's what Ma looked like. And yeah. Ma was as big as she was on her sound. She was also big on being yourself. Definitely. Got a lot of flack for being bisexual and her lyrics being crude for her not giving a damn amongst the white people. They called her a diva. But the reason why they called her a diva is because she believed that she was owed something if you're going to use me for my voice, then I'm going to use you for whatever else it is that I need. So by our standards, she wasn't a diva. She was getting exactly what she was deserving of. But other people, white people, labeled her at the time as being defiant, diva-ish, demanding, uh, rough around the edges, and anything else that we use to describe someone who's who's a strong person. The same thing they do to uh, Black strong women nowadays who... Yeah who's in a position of some type of power or have leverage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she definitely had leverage with her music. People loved her just like we love anybody with a Husky. Um, what do you, I don't even know how to describe what she was. If you, if you're familiar with Bessie Smith, then what you need to know about Ma is that Ma was actually Bessie Smith's mentor. The movie Bessie was, uh, when did that come out? Like two years ago? Was that Queen Latifah? Yeah. So Queen Latifah plays Bessie Smith. So Bessie Smith is supposed to be more of what people wanted back then, but she was actually mentored by Ma. So Ma had been around for quite a while. This movie did, I think, very, very well, um, not just amongst our circle, but mm-hmm. everybody knows what the Siskel and Ebert and Roper and all those people, they have certain movies that they like. We look at certain companies, vlogs, blogs, and stuff like that for their ratings. They're not always right, but we do look to them for some type of guidance about what we should watch, shouldn't watch, or you compare it to, if I thought it was a good movie, what did they think? Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then some of the things that have gotten 100%, I find fault with like, what? Yeah. I seen a few. But in this instance, I think they got it right. It got a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't think that it would have just based off of how grimy, how raw, the the way in which it was shot, the the period piece. I 
I feel sometimes that society is tired of, of us talking about how we were wronged and, and we should never get tired of talking about it, regardless if they are or not. But I sometimes the sad learn- thing is on 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 that is I, I I hear a lot of that coming from my own people. Mm-hmm. They're tired of seeing it, tired of hearing it. I don't yeah. want to see another slave movie. I don't want to uh, like yeah. Right, which is that that further proves the point of me being surprised that it got a ninety eight yeah. on IMDb. I think I use IMDb for everything. I know a lot of people that do. It got a 7.1 out of 10. Doesn't match up with the Rotten Tomatoes. So it makes me wonder who's running IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes is like super, super harsh. And it got a seven from IMDb out of 10. That's that's wild. I never pay attention to ratings. I do only to see if what I think is good is what everybody else thinks is good. It doesn't keep me from seeing something. It dancer yeah. down. Yeah, it that scored really shitty that I actually like. I I usually I base uh I try to I don't try to but I get a read off of certain people I know who just who really like who really watch movies mm-hmm. and then then I just try to see the 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 uh, reception on social media. Yeah. So I try to compare those two. Social media sways the shit out of some things. Right. It does. It does. But it's nice to see the perspective from all spectrums. For sure. Yeah. So you, I think you got to have like a wide range of places that you draw your it, it, it'll, it'll It'll also show you that never again, and I'm, I'm not taking this opinion from this motherfucker ever again. <laughs> or you, you keep that one in the clip. When you talk about something later and they're like, oh, I love that movie. Well, nigga, you also like <laughs> such and such. So right. let's not get too excited about your opinion. No, I feel you. I keep those in the tuck all the time. Is this yeah. coming from the same nigga that thought that the new Dumbo was hitting? Like Jeez. it's you gotta keep those in the tuck. I ain't gonna lie, I'm I'ma put I'ma put your your husband on that list. Y'all beef all the time about the most random stuff and I stay out of it. Yeah. His his thoughts on certain movies, I'm like we don't agree on, on movies. We don't agree on movies. We'll leave a moody and he's like, yo, that's dope. And I'm sitting there like, nigga, how? Was it? <laughs> or we'll watch a movie and I'll agree. I'll say that it's good. And then I'm like, but I don't like how they did this or that. And he's like, really? That made it the best part. But it's, you know what? It's nice to have that healthy argument about certain stuff. Also, Definitely. I read. So we go and see a lot of the movies that turn into well, a lot of books that turn into movies. Uh-huh. So now I'm giving him the, the, the background. Tip. Oh my God, it's not as good as the book. And in the book, they did this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he thinks that my opinions are clouded. And he's like, of course, it's in a book, but they got a budget in the movie, which is right. The point is very, very valid. But I like to, to, I, like, I can't stop doing it. If I read the book and it's fire and I hear there's a movie coming out, of course I'm going to go watch it. Of course I'm going to compare it to what I read. But there are some things that turn out better than the book ever was because they hit on a certain type of story. I just got finished reading Ready Player One. And the book is way different than the movie, but the movie was so, so good. I, I liked where it took me. So now I'm reading Ready Player Two. That movie was and- really good. Huh? I said that movie was good. It was good. 
The book is amazing, but I like the story that's told in the first one and they are not the same. They're the same in the aspect of what the plot is, but the, the way that they chose to do it is completely different. So when we argue, that's what we usually argue about. Um, there are scary movies, I think is where we definitely differ. I'd be like, that was trash. And he's just like, no, nah, I thought it was good because they added this and they added that. So when I see you guys argue about it, I just, hey, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Sometimes yeah. I, I don't agree and sometimes yeah. I do agree. But what I don't do is get in the middle of y'all shit. Yeah, because because I know, I think I think on, on movies we're probably on the same page. Probably, I say probably 90%, if not more. Yeah. But I know I know musically I know we're we're probably nah we're not even close. Yeah, so we don't listen to the same time. We gotta we gotta do we gotta do an episode with, with music. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll go all night. But right now we talk about movie. We keep getting distracted because there's I so know. many different backstories and stuff like that. But the fact remains, okay, we're on with this movie. Just to give it a little bit more history and then we'll dive into what the music is. I almost rubbed off my eyeliner. That drink is hitting. Oh, so, good thing you never mind. I'm not gonna go there. What was you gonna say? Like like I got a fake eye like Fetty Wap? I... No, no, no. I was I was gonna say good like you didn't rub off like a um, what's some shit called? The eyelash joints or something? Oh no, these is my naturals. Yeah, <laughs> my naturals. <laughs> All right, so back to Ma Rainey and why this movie is so important. Uh, again, she divorced her husband. She went on the road, did her own thing. She signed with Paramount in 1923. It's big mm-hmm. for a black artist to be signed. Period. Yeah. In the 1920s, in this movie, you see where. Black people are still getting treated a certain way by the police. Black people have to take a separate entrance. The white man doesn't want to see or let anybody see that they are, I don't want to say harboring, but that they're doing any type of business with Black people. They're still trying to keep that on the low. So Mm -hmm. for her to be signed to a record label in 1923 says a lot about her talent and about what they thought that they could do with her. She was the first artist on Paramount to actually record for posterity. Um, she wasn't just signed to them to write songs and be a ghostwriter. They wanted her solely for what she could do. That's big. Yeah. Uh, back then, a lot of Blacks weren't paid enough. Um, they sold their royalties. They gave up the rights to their own songs or to even sing their own songs, which is why she became known as a diva and what gave her this kind of air about her because she wasn't having it. Uh, blacks were exploited for their music too many times we've seen it again we've seen it fictionally in movies like the five heartbeats but when it comes to things like um what hound dog then that was uh what's her name shit i can't even think of it now but the original lady that that wrote how damn why can't i think of it hold on let me let me do my googles real quick because it definitely escapes me hound dog you talking about the um elva presley song See that further proves my point. No, I'm saying is that the first? Yeah, I'm. You That's about, the song. Okay, gotcha. But it was not done by Elvis Presley. Why? Why is this? Lord forgive me. Mama Thornton. Yes, Big Mama Thornton. Thank you. Um, so Big Mama Thornton. Not a lot of people know her version. Yeah. They did to her what they did to so many other artists, 
And the only version that people knew or that sold is Elvis Presley's version. Right. Not only that, Little Richard did a version. But you don't hear about those ones. In fact, it looks like they just did covers when those are their songs. Mm -hmm. And that absolutely sucks. But she gave attitude because she was not going to let them do to her what they had to done to so many people. Right. So that's why it's big for her to hire her own family, to do things her way, record when she said so, not record when she didn't feel like it. And she was just happy doing tours and things that she wanted to do. They wanted to record her and put her on wax and things like that. And she said, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to step away and let you get my voice, then you're going to do it my way. Or I'm going to make you suffer through doing it my way the best that I could. Yeah. And I, 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 that goes through the whole movie. I, yeah. And, and the other part is for me, I got the, the sense of she knew her worth. Absolutely. And she wasn't afraid to 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 um make sure that they knew that she knew what her worth was. Um yeah. she she knew that she had leverage. She knew that um she was aware that they didn't really care about her personally. They just cared about yeah. what they could do uh monetarily. Yeah. Um so all of that is is um pretty big. Especially in the 1920s, because you you would think that um, people in that position would kind of just be satisfied with being in that light and just doing whatever. But she was yeah. just like, nah, like, I know what it is. I know it's a game. Yeah, you're right. So many people just got satisfied with being known or to have anybody interested in them. And she she definitely. Was and they like, talked about that part, too, when Levy, when they were talking about um, being satisfied with um, being thrown a bone. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of people were. There was a lot of cultural theft going on. Yeah. For sure. Uh, just because she knew her worth didn't mean that she didn't work. I think I did my research and in five years she did over a hundred songs. Mm -hmm. So she was definitely working. Uh, what sucked and what hit her as long as, as well as a lot of different artists is that the Great Depression hit. Mm -hmm. and with that people had less money people you know didn't make it out to shows people had less money to spend on records and things like that yeah partially why she retired and when she retired um she didn't retire from the business she just stepped down from singing she managed different people and then she also managed local theaters so she went back to doing what she loved which i like because this entire thing was about her doing what she loved Mm -hmm. So even when it didn't make sense money-wise, she went back and, and decided that it didn't matter about the money. She was going to stick to what she knew and what she loved. Um, now, with the Great Depression and with everything that happened and inferior audio quality, her music actually fell off for a while. And when I say fell off, it didn't fall off for lack of interest. It fell off because it got lost. And then once they found it, nobody was able to remaster it or bring it out for a long time yeah. just because the audio quality was so shitty back then. Mm -hmm. As you can see in the movie, they had a lot of technical difficulties, kind of like we did on our last episode, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we moved on. I worked shit out and we a whole yep. lot better. Than yep. But because of that, uh, her music actually disappeared for like decades. And then in the 60s, they brought it back out and, and then bringing it back out and her getting rediscovered along with a lot of blues and jazz musicians, she got inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame and into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which 
again, says a lot to this lady's fortitude. She was a bad ass and dealt with a lot, not only being black, but being female. And then also during that time frame, um, she did her damn thing. And shout out to Viola because she absolutely killed it. Like you said, they, they racked up on nominations for sure. The mm. biggest ones out of all of them, I think are the Golden Globe, the two Golden Globe nominations that they yeah. have. And then just as a whole, I went back and looked at everything that those two have been nominated for. Chadwick has 22 nominations and Viola has 23. So she's beating him in that aspect. But like, they are literally killing the game. And they're not the only actors or actresses out here that have done works like this. But that, that's, that's wild that we're nominated for all these type of things and the amount of wins that we get pale in comparison. Viola got a nomination for what seven, ten seconds of a dialogue because <laughs> she stole because she stole a scene from uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah, she she be doing the damn thing. She yeah. also looked real nice in her uh, icy park the other day. I I'm just bringing it up because <laughs> I didn't hit on none of the clothes. I see your Ivy, huh? I see your Ivy. It's Ivy Park, but this new launch, that new line was called Icy Park. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So I didn't hit on none of the clothes, but a bitch got some shoes. No, I didn't know that. Uh, I seen your Twitter post. I, I didn't know shoes. that uh, Viola was... I'm about to check your... You, you know, side note, I was arguing with my uncle about um, the attraction of Viola Davis. She's fine. That's what I was saying. Oh, I was about to say, you don't think she's fine? No, she's fine. That's what I was saying. But my uncle was just like, he wasn't, he wasn't saying that she was ugly, but he just wasn't, he didn't think that she was on the same level that I was thinking of. I said, I don't know what you're looking at. I think a younger generation, we appreciate that type of fineness. Yeah. Just like we do for Angela Bassett. Now, I'm pretty sure your uncle would have thought <laughs> that Angela Bassett is fire. But like, there's a certain, this generation has a thing for older people. And it's because our parents were gone off of these people. So then we have that kind of familiarity with those people. And then you uh -huh. look at them, you're like, damn, they like, they cute. Uh, okay. For example, besides Viola, can you name another older woman that you are attracted to? Another older actress? And you can't choose Angela Bassett. Um, I can I name probably... Five off top. Eartha Kitt. She's fire. Was fire. Oh, I love Eartha Kitt. She would be in my top. Pamela. Um... Pam Greer. Yeah. Honey. Um. And that's crazy because they're not doing anything now, but you know who they are because of what you grew up around. Um. Uh, what's her name? The one I was in. Um. <sighs> you can't even think. Uh, thin, thin, line between, thin line between love and hate. Talking about Lila Rashawn? Yes. Robin Gibbons? Oh, Robin Gibbons. No, not Robin Gibbons. The, the not between Robin Gibbons was the internet. It, oh, you talking about Tiffany? Uh, I mean Lynn Whitfield? Yes, Lynn Whitfield. Thank you. Hey, she's nuts. She makes me nervous for real because of that movie. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the appeal, the attraction of older women because of the familiarity that you grew mm -hmm. up with. Now, for him, he may not like Viola because, to be honest, she just came out in our generation. Right. So she's not somebody that's been around as long as some of those other actors have been. 
but we see her and i did hey she's fine it's it's a few dudes that's like that too like who, hold on jeff goldblum who jeff goldblum oh, yeah. oh, oh the fly yes <laughs> He is fine. I was just watching an episode of Hot Ones with him on it yesterday, and I'm just like, this. Is he black though? No, he's not black. He ain't got to be black. I'm just talking about. Older no, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. He, he's invited to the cookout for sure. What about, he, what about, um, Gregory Hines? I watched a Rage in Harlem the other day. He was fine too, and that's weird. That's really weird. I'm trying Ooh. to, I'm trying to think of some people. You know what? I I I'm I get I get really wishy washy on Whoopi. Whoopi's fine. Whoopi is fine. Nah, Sister Mary Clarence was fire. I get I get I get. I see some some songs that favor, and I saw some that don't. But I think she's a beautiful person. But as Sister Mary Clarence, a the same with Oprah. I the same got what. The same with Oprah. You think Oprah's fine? No, no, no. I'm saying That's I, like I, Mother Teresa. I get, I get wishy washy on whether or not she's cute. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like okay, you get wishy washy about Oprah. I'm gonna give you some sisters that are fine. Felicia Rashad. And oh yeah. Oh my God. I was, I was, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say Felicia Rashad because I'm watching. Um, that in my head, that that's was my yeah. auntie. I used to say, like, yo, that like that's my aunt. If there's ever a movie about my life, she has to play my aunt, my aunt that helped raise me. Hey, listen, Felicia, ma'am, mm-hmm. if you're out there watching, <laughs> listen, auntie, I love you. But no, her and Debbie Allen, I absolutely adore and I love their relationship, but they are two fine women. I watched a dance special. Tiffany and I watched it when I had COVID. Again, the COVID. When I had COVID, Tiffany and I, shout out to Tiffany, who made me feel better all through COVID, checking on me and having hour-long nonsense FaceTime sessions. Mm-hmm. But we watched Debbie Allen's special together on Netflix to try to time it to where we were both watching it at the same time. And that was like really comforting. And then it being Debbie Allen was comforting. But yeah, your uncle's wild. But I don't look fine. I, I, yeah, I'm not... I don't agree with her wig choices, but she fine. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's basing it off of. I Maybe. ran out of drink in my shaker, so now I'm just gonna just switch straight to the bourbon. So, um, where are we at right now? Oh, and so now we're talking about Loretta Devine. Yes, sheesh. Okay, yeah, Loretta. Damn, you pulled that out your ass. Hey. She like bring you a sweet potato pie ass fine. Hey. Why are you hey. buttoning up your shit? What are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm trying, just in case well, you see this clip. <laughs> just in case you see this clip, you know what I mean. You got on a button up. You got on a collar shirt. I don't know. Um, polo joint. A polo. Oh yeah. man, Loretta made you come up out your polo. Hey, just in case you see this joint. Yes. I just don't want to do no. Summoned him. I, th- I think she. I think she kind of outgrown the the Tyler Perry movie. So hopefully she stay away from that. But uh, yeah, no. She and guess what? She's a theater kid. So many of these great actors that we have, man. Before movies were like the thing, they got they they got they acting on on Broadway. Oh, now, speaking of, we were 
Hamilton. This is a segue into not a segue. It's just a little simple point. I've seen that there's a rumor that Hamilton is now going to be resident at Caesars this year. And that would be lit. I wonder if the tickets are going to be that high in Vegas. If they're not, I would definitely go to Vegas just to see it because I would think it'll be higher. Round trip is still going to be cheaper than what the tickets are in Louisville. I'm about to say, I, I, I would assume it's probably going to be the same. I don't think so. If they're getting that many people and rotating. And I don't want to see it if it ain't the original cast. You know what the other... Okay, let me... The other thing about that is... So I have a, a friend who... Um, he's in theater. I think because... He's in, he's in theater. Oh, Okay. And his his last, I think he's got a show coming up. He's actually he's actually portraying Martin Luther King. Hmm. But he was telling me that um, because the the work in theater is not as consistent as um, acting and everything in the mm-hmm. other side, and and the times now, I think it makes sense that they charge him because. They want to make sure that everybody is able to still get paid. Which further proves my point that once it picks up residency in Vegas, they have a regular rotation of people coming in to see them. And it's less of being too far and few in between of shows to where yeah. it may lessen the price point of the tickets. Depending on what the turnout that is. They're about to pick up. They, they haven't started picking back up yet but they were supposed to come last year mm-hmm. to louisville and i think the tickets were still that expensive but also the shows were like spread out so far but once you book a gig and you get a residency right. then you start i don't want to say you start doing things for peanuts but looking at the tickets of when i've been like for the jabberwockies for j-lo for mariah carey and stuff like that when they came to vegas it wasn't super expensive it wasn't super cheap too but it didn't seem like you were getting your head busted over going to see hamilton and louisville for 300 seems like my head is getting busted open i'd rather pull up to this 12.99 subscription that i have and hook up my new soundbar that i got for my birthday and listen to hamilton full fucking blast with a room full of people and i'll i'll get a popcorn maker and i'll have somebody walking up and down in my living room saying popcorn hell i'd rather them do all of that right than to pay 350 dollars for just myself and that's wild because who wants to go to something like that for themselves but i'm not buying the next motherfuckers ticket to go see it with me and if i ask any of my friends who are not into it like i am if i tell marcus i want to go see hamilton you think he finna no not for the three ski just to make me feel better about going by myself. He watched the first half of it. He didn't watch the second, but he liked it. But nobody else that's close to me likes it as much as I do. Uh, There was a point in my life where I listened to the soundtrack every day for a month. My kids even know the words and they ain't even watched the movie, but they can sing all the words. I tried to do like the first five minutes. I was like, ah, yeah, I'm done. I, I stopped it after the first 10, went to the Wikipedia page and then went down this rabbit hole of everything and then came back to it, turned the captions on, and then I was hooked. Cause you 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 like you made yourself be interested in it. No, I didn't know what it was about. I was like, I heard so much about it. I like Lynn Manuel Miranda. Right. So you had to make yourself interested in it. I didn't make myself interested. I said, wait, what the 
fuck did Alexander Hamilton do? Do we hate him? <laughs> Is he a statue that's torn down? Did he sire illegitimate slave children? Like I literally was just like, wait, let me do my research on Hamilton, the person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a whole lot of controversy. And then I went to Hamilton, the play, and the reason that, you know, Lin-Manuel did the certain things. Plus, before I knew anything about the play, I listened to The Breakfast Club. Everything is full circle. I Fuck seen it. that on. Huh? Yeah, I, see, I, I seen that interview. Yeah, I was at work, I think, and I stayed in the car and made myself late for work listening to that interview. But the fact that his biggest influences were Biggie and uh, Big Pun and stuff like that, and that there's little hidden easter eggs throughout the play mm-hmm. oh yeah the it has a song called the 10 dual correct commandments and it's based off of the 10 crack commandments and there's all kinds of east coast references to music and stuff throughout of it so i was sold after knowing that it's just that i didn't know anything about alexander hamilton or why somebody would do a play or a musical about him and i just wanted to make sure that i wasn't violating any black rules before <laughs> listening and once i was just like okay and there's still some some i mean he owns slaves but it's the business that was gifted to him. And when he, he, he tried his best to get out of it throughout it. So there's some controversy there, but the fact that all these founding fathers are played by minorities on purpose in this play says a lot. And them saying throughout the movie immigrants, we get the job done. And the fact that, you know, America needs to realize that minorities really did help build the civilization that you've tried to, to take from us out from up under us then the play takes on a different meaning but you got to turn the captions on because they rap so fast true but getting back onto uh mom rainey's thing I'm sorry I had, to cut me off my hamilton rant but yeah no, i did I, I have a Let's bad me- i have a bad memory so I had, to, I had to make sure i remember this question before i ask you go um now the the in the dialogue um is different from how fences was. If you don't know, like the cadence, the pattern of how they talk is different. Do you see and my face? I can see your face. Okay. Does my face say that I know what you're talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. You know how in. No, I've never seen fences. So now I see your face and there's a look of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I'm not disappointed. I'm just surprised. So you've never seen a movie or nope. the play. Nope. Okay. But you see, but you've seen a theater. I have. Okay. So, you I've know, seen, actually, I've seen stills from fence from fences. So, yeah. So, you know how in theater, um, shows the dialogue is different because it's loud it's more precise there's not a it's 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 like direct Mm -hmm. versus how the dialogue in movies it kind of like just flows Mm -hmm. so when i knew when i heard that um my rainies was a a a play and and based off of other and whatever it was just like this didn't give me that feel how i watched with fences as far as how the dialogue and everything was was Fences more of a movie flow? No, and Fences was more like you could tell it was play. a play. Yeah. A bunch of monologues. Yeah. And I okay. didn't get that from Ma Rainey's. Ma Rainey seemed like it was more movie flow. With yeah. some monologues in it. 
Right. But I didn't I didn't know if that was done on purpose or it may have been. Or maybe because how many what were there a lot? I guess I'm gonna have to watch fences before I, I even ask that kind of question. But it's nice to hear you comparing it because they're both by the same person mm-hmm. and people that are involved in it and they're both uh theater works and it seems like they were shot differently which is good you don't want to do too much because the because because theater cadence and movie cadence is is different absolutely and, um and watching for instance you could tell that there was a difference in my rainy in my's rainy i didn't um actually i didn't pick up on that so much so I was just curious to just I was just curious if if it was just me. So let me ask you this: Did you watch it before we chose it? Had you already I, seen it? No, I um I didn't finish it before we chose it. I had watched all the way up to. Are we doing spoilers on here? We're gonna have to because I really want to touch on certain points that were made by the director. So we, we are. But we're giving that disclaimer now. There are going to be spoiler alerts. Yeah. So I, I, when I first watched it, I watched all the way up to the scene where um, Chadwick Boseman's character was talking about um, his parents. Yeah, I watched it all the way to that point. And then last night when I rewatched it, I kind of watched it a little bit ahead of that, and then I finished it. Oh, you was cutting it close. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I watched it twice. I watched it uh, the week it came out, the day after it came out. And then for Christmas, I watched it with my parents and my best friend, Tiffany. She hadn't seen it. So we watched it together. We spent Christmas together, COVID free, at an Airbnb. And it was a good watch. My parents were into it, which gets me excited to watch something that they could actually feel I don't want to say at home, but it wasn't like anything too crazy. It was right. It, it was set during something that they were probably all too familiar with and mm. stuff like that. And they really enjoyed it. But yeah, this we were talking about spoiler alerts. I guess to do what the synopsis did not do, we can talk a little bit about why this movie even exists. So the movie is basically filmed one day in a recording studio and Ma Rainey has came from off tour because she's being paid to to record her songs for Paramount and the first few scenes are of just the well the opening scene shows her performing down south in a tent Mm -hmm. I really 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 like that scene because I felt like that was somewhere I wanted to be I didn't want to be around during that time frame, but the way that performances went and everybody was into them and everybody needed an escape and people cut loose and the music was raw and live and real, that seemed like a place I wanted to be at. And then I didn't want to be in that time frame, but also those people that were there in that time frame, this was also a place they wanted to be at because they were alive in that time frame. And reality, when they stepped out of that tent sunk in, and, you know, we, we weren't considered equal. Um, so the, the way that it opens up is really, really, really inviting. And it puts you into the 
picture of what it is that you're about to see or where you're going to be transported to because we talked about on our first podcast about the reason why we like going to the movie theater is because you feel transported even if it's for an hour and a half two hours or whatever you right. feel transported. so i like it with us as far as that and then the beginning scenes are of the band rehearsing and there's a lot of dialogue talking amongst each other and we come to know that these are musicians the majority of them are very professional you've got that one young cat who just thinks he's just too cool for school and he wants to do things his way you don't really know why and you you know you dive a little bit further and he gets his own moment and his own monologue but the star of the show is and will always be ma rainey Mm -hmm. when she comes in she's loud she's boisterous she's raunchy she's ratchet but she's herself Mm -hmm. not pretending for anybody like some of the characters are doing she's not apologetic she looks out for her own she she has Mm self-awareness yeah for sure what would you say is your best part of the movie or your favorite part of the movie my favorite part of the movie is the whole the monologue between um levi and i forget his i forget the character's name um is it um uh, yeah cutler Mm -hmm. when they were talking about um god and um, Cutler was talking about um, his when he was telling his story with the mm-hmm. preacher, um, Reverend, um, I forget the Reverend's name. And then um, Levi kind of didn't like want like listen to the story, or he went so he left. And then he was kind of like standing outside listening to the story. And then he kind of came in, and then it was that that whole scene to me was. Um, intriguing because I think we have a lot of those conversations now versus uh, about uh, uh, black people and putting all their apples in, in, in something that they don't know a hundred percent sure about and a religion that was given us to, that was given to us by uh, our captives. Mm-hmm. So you're so, talking about faith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, I think you said it all in that in that aspect of us putting a lot of faith into something that was forced upon us, and we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to think for ourselves in. Because um, I think I think a lot of people who who grow up in religion, um, in whatever religion it is, um, I think a lot of people have that duality where growing up. Um, they have these beliefs because it was installed in them. And mm-hmm. then once they get to a certain point where they could think on their own, now they question everything. So now you have one part of you is like, I still have some type of faith. And then the other part is I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying, yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking of like, why that was such a discussion, I guess. But if you're looking at when it was set in, we weren't too far removed from the civil rights movement and from slavery. Mm -hmm. And 
you're right. Those were the things that were given to us. We see it time and time again. What? So my parents, um, predominantly my father are Jamaican and they are Catholics. And it's like your descendants of slaves, but Catholicism rules where you're from. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They participate in Lent. All their children go to Catholic schools. <laughs> the queen is on, you know, their money. Um, so much stuff has been thrown at us. And in this instance, Levy, who is, I honestly want to say he's the antagonist, but he's also the victim in this movie. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he does a very good job of betraying both. Yeah, so he's the antagonist because he represents that very new ideology of breaking away from what people are telling us we have to do, we have to be. And he's yeah. questioning it, questioning it. And to the older people, he's looking disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But to kinda... himself, he's, he's, he's being a product of his environment. Mm-hmm. He has a monologue that, uh, which is why I had to go back and rewatch it today because it was so powerful. As a child at eight years old, he witnessed his mother get raped by eight or nine men. And his father plot out a very well thought out revenge against those men. He didn't get all of them, but he got about half. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made the comment that his father smiled in the face of the white man to get what he wanted, which was revenge. Right. And in the movie, Levy is, um, I don't know what to call it. He's confronted with being someone who's smiling and shucking and jiving for the white man. And he tells them that I know what I'm doing and I'm doing it for a reason. And it's because he's seen his father do the same thing. You smile and you you play along to get along. And then in the end, you strike when it's unsuspecting. I don't think I caught that the first time that I watched it after watching it the second time and and really paying attention to it being the motivation behind what he did was really good and i think i think we might have to take a step back uh and further explain the movie so the movie is about that one day in the recording studio there is a struggle between the band they want to do things a traditional way the way that mom wants to do them but levy again he's the youngest and he's a newer guy he's wanting to spice things up a little bit as a lot of people do, you're tired of the way that things were, which is his way of thinking throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. You're tired of the things, the way that things were. Who says that those things are the right way? And he's, and he's confident in his, in, in his music ability. Yeah, so he wants to be the new star. He's, he's hot shit. And he wants to use Ma's band as a stepping stone, to just be 100% bring, honest. Yeah, just bring his own band. She knows it. They know it and she don't like it. And she has no problem saying she doesn't like it. Now, the real Ma Rainey during this time, um, if you kind of like dissect it, this is the same time where she has now mentored Bessie Smith and they are somewhat in competition with each other. So now she's nervous. She doesn't want to do anything that will knock her off of her throne because that's the way that it's looking. And I only know that from doing research, uh, like I guess throughout these times or whatever mm-hmm. and doing the cross-reference and then listening to what um, the director is, is talking about in his behind the scenes. And then also watching that accompanying special that's on Netflix. But she's scared, she's nervous. 
she's threatened by Bessie and she's most importantly threatened by somebody that's in her own camp, which is Levy, which is why there's the resentment there, which is why she doesn't want to do things his way. She wants to do it her way. She kind of shows out. And it's especially when it comes to that man, to the white man as well, but especially when it comes to him, she just sends him all kinds of hot ones. Right. Okay. So Ma doesn't like him. Um, she puts up with him because he's great at what he does. He's an excellent musician. However, he's got attitude about him. He's got spice, sass, and he's chasing the next big thing. And he makes it known that um, he's bigger. He don't say he's bigger than everybody, but he has bigger aspirations. Yeah. No, you're right. He he does make it known. This ain't his. <laughs> you know how people be like, I don't need you. You need me. Right. He's got that mentality. Yeah. And I think she's the wrong person to have it with because she could care less. Mm -hmm. So he has on the side sold some of his songs to the white man. And with the promise of he was able to um, create his own band and record. Mm -hmm. And in essence, this is him shucking and jiving, smiling in the white man's face, something mm -hmm. that he said he knew how to do and he knew that it would lead him to doing eventually with what he wanted to do. This is him doing that. And he did it. He played the game very well, but they played him even better. I think in the end, because we end up seeing exactly what they plan to do with him. They had no intentions of giving him his own band. Yeah. They just want the music. They just want the music. And she makes that quote, I can't even remember it. She says it a bunch of times and it's in the preview. They don't want me. They only want my voice. They, they want to put my voice in that, in that, um, in that box. And, and what, what else did she say? Um, basically she was just saying, yeah, they, all they want is to put my voice in that little machinery box. And then once they got it, they don't give a fuck about me. They don't, yeah. um, they don't care. That, and that's that's modern day, like what's going on right now. These record right. labels don't care about these young boys and about them killing each other or themselves or whatever happens. Once they've got you and your talent, they could care less. That's that's life in general when it comes to us versus them. Yeah, it is. But one thing that is undeniable is that nobody can do music how we do it. No, they can't. They can't. And that's why they were able at least with Levy to take his melody and let somebody else sing it. It sounded like trash, but they couldn't duplicate Ma. Mm -mm. They, in fact, in history, they've never had a woman duplicate the sound that the women produced back then. They don't have a B. And even now, they don't got a Beyonce. No. They ain't got a Whitney. They ain't got a Ma Rainey. They ain't got a Bessie Smith. They don't have a Tina Turner. They don't have any, they don't have a Nina Simone. They don't have a Billie Holiday, but they got, they got that weird shit. Not necessarily bad, but they got that, that edge. They got Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. They had Britney until bless, bless her heart. They got like Christina Aguilera. Um, but do they? I think we got Christina. They got Adele, but do they? I think right. we got Adele. Is it, is it, well, is it Adele is British. Pink? Yeah. 
They they had they had Pink. They ain't even got JoJo, and JoJo is one of the dopest voices out there. Yo, her out that one, the album like three, maybe three or four years ago. I used to play that shit on like low key a lot. Yeah. So they they've never been it's it's crazy. They've they've been able to take lyrics and stuff like that. They've been able to to freak certain things, but they've never been able to take that soul, that real guttural type thing that yeah. black women produced. And it's probably because it comes from a place of hurt and pain. Um, they've never been able to do that. That's that's actually kind of wild. Shout out to black women, often imitated. <laughs> but can't be duplicated. Never, never that. But in this movie, I'm jumping back to it. And again, we're about to give away some spoilers. So if you have not seen it, we've been going for over an hour. So don't don't feel bad if you've got to hop off now. Um, it's about to be over. Yeah, over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's about to be two hours, actually. Damn, because we was running it. That's fine. So in the movie, the antagonist, I guess, I and the victim, I would say, is Levy. Ma mm-hmm. ends up getting the recording out we won't go through the specifics of how long it took or what it took she gets the recording out and i think at this point when levy doesn't get what he wants he reacts like a child and he displaces his anger into something that isn't that big and he blows it out of proportion and he ends up making a grave mistake and he ends up what are you gonna say no i was going to say um in the last monologue before the mistake, I think they realized they realized I think they realized that he wasn't a bad person. Yeah. He just had a lot of anger. Yeah. That's what I found out on the second watch. I just thought yeah. he was an asshole. Not that, only not only anger. It, it was built a, up. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. yeah. Pain, yeah. A lot of pain and which something that's a, a stigma in the black community is mental illness. Um, PTSD is real. And I think that's what he had. Being um, an eight-year-old child and witnessing what he did with his mother and then being injured in that same confrontation. And then watching his father go through the lengths of selling their property and moving away just so he can sneak back into their hometown and take out revenge on the men that raped his wife. Um, I think he has PTSD for sure. A lot of people have PTSD from fighting wars and this was no different. He, he had, a, he fought a war going on in himself. Yeah. He lost. And I, me watching it, I kind of give, um, I think I, I felt more on Levy's side. Um, me being a creative and me being um, growing up in similar, of course, not as drastic as his is um, mm-hmm. as far as like the whole mom being raped and all the other, other stuff, but um, being in poverty and all the other stuff. So I could relate to certain aspects. Yeah. Um, I felt like once you become um, aware of somebody else's um, uncircumstances, then you should know how to move forward. And it, and I don't think they ever figured out how to 
deal with Levy and not like trigger him so much. But was that everybody's responsibility to I walk on eggshells? Not because not, I not walking on eggshells so the much. Dude saying um, somebody says to Toledo, who will get into the importance of his role. Yeah. But one of the other, I think it was slow drag. He says to 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 Levy, "You need to calm down, relax." Everything that he's saying to you, he said to me before, and I didn't take it serious. Like it's nothing on it. So like nobody figured out how to deal with him but was it everybody's responsibility to deal with him i because he was so confident he, i think he so that he knew what he was doing i think i think it is i think it is i think that if if once you make a decision to to intertwine with somebody in in a atmosphere of being in a band um you have to be able to deal with different personalities yeah and they also have to learn now He's the new person, newer. They, he also got to learn how to get along with these other people. And in the end, when all the action happens, he's since then been fired. So you've been fired and you said you quit. So it's no longer my responsibility to give a damn what you think. Now, in this perspective, how many people have you dealt with knowing that um, they felt that they were on a different level and they just kept going and, and just rubbing everybody off wrong and blah, blah, blah. and you knew like yo like you need like you gotta relax and they just didn't want to relax so you had to make a decision like okay you know what i'm gonna put you in this box because this is the box you belong in and i'm not gonna re- overreact to everything that you do because i'm putting you in that box and i'm open i haven't i haven't Never? it's easy Cut people, you know, it's easy for me to cut. I'm about to say, off. even, 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 even with me. Um, no, because what I think you're asking is that we make that excuse, kind of like the whole, uh, well, you know, he's like that. You know, I'm the person that'd be like, I don't give a damn if we know that that person is like that. Yeah. So for me, no, I, it's easy for me to just cut you off completely than to make exceptions for bad behavior. And I think that's probably something everybody could say because everyone from my family to my guy best friends to my female best friends to acquaintances, there's a few people that I've cut It's easier for me to just not deal with it because Mm -hmm. again, why is it my responsibility to care for your fragility? But if it's, okay. But if it's somebody I care about, then when I say, ah, this is your typical behavior. I also expect you to be like, yeah, you know what? This, this is me. I, I expect you to recognize it as well. Right. And that helps us get to that point. But if you're just going to victimize, victimize, victimize yourself, then I, it's time for me to, I, I just rather walk away from it because I'm responsible for so much. Yeah. Uh, an extra ego is not in my budget. Okay. So let me ask you this. In your time frame of living, how many li- time frame of living? That makes me sound <laughs> old as fuck. No, we're, we're we're about the same age. In your time frame, uh, in your lifetime, what do you think the ratio of Ma and um Levy? What 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 do you think the ratio is? 
as far as people who think like Larry and the people who think like Ma? I think I think more people think like in your Levy. personal life. In my personal life, more people think like Levy. And what do you, said, and where and where will you put yourself at? Ma. I, yeah, I, yeah. It when it comes to myself and my career. Yeah. When it nah, you know what? I'm 50-50 because I I don't want to say I put up a front, but I know that I have to act a certain way in the type of business that I have mm-hmm. and work the hours that I work. And I know that a lot of people are like, you work too much or you do this too much. You worry about work too much. But in my head, I'm like, yes, I'm doing what I need to do to make sure that I get to where I'm going. But at the same time, I'm, I know my worth. I'm not going to let you play me. Um, it's going to be the way that I things want them done or you can do them yourself. So I think I'm actually 50, 50. And I, I, the majority of people that I associate with, I think would be 50, 50 as well. And then the minority of people, I think they think like ma and they have no business thinking like ma. <laughs> now, when you say have no business, what you, like, what do you mean? They think highly of themselves and have not earned that. about how okay. other people feel. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I get you. I get you. Um, if you being you okay now we now we, we go to the to the ending well let me let me take that back because you asked me what what scene kind of like did it for me like what scene did it for you the scene that did it for me I think was Ma going off just about her value. Uh-huh. Um, when she's talking to Cutler? No. When she's talking to, I forgot what the, the original white man, I forgot what his name is because I know of the real man's name that did her dirty like that. Uh-huh. And I think his name was Peterson. Her manager or the the one who's, who owned the, who's the, the studio? Okay. Um, but he, he had done it to so many Blacks before about just getting their voice and then peddling it um but her talking about her worth and the fact that that there's a certain point in the movie where she walks out because she's upset that her nephew's pay is coming out of her pay to twenty dollars yeah yeah and it's wild because no. only twenty dollars and we spend twenty dollars on bullshit i take that back it was 25 25 yeah 25 yeah. um and she's going off about that and you know she walks out and she's pissed off and the dude that owns the studio is basically like yeah fuck her over that that money and then they realize that she didn't sign the contract and that unless they got her to sign the contract they couldn't do anything with her music his name was urban yeah urban so urban and and yeah um mel yeah whoever the fuck they are sturdy Vine. mel sturdy was his name yeah sturdy so that's when she realizes that she got them and they have to listen to her and you need her in this moment because again, I know my worth, you're going to pay me my money and I'm going to make sure that everybody that's associated with me, if they give you any piece of themselves, uh-huh. you're going to have to pay them as well. And it's not coming out of my bread. I'm not sacrificing mine. Right. You have to pay them too. And I know that you have to pay it now because I didn't sign no 
paperwork, you fucked up and let me walk out without signing any paperwork. So if you want me to sign this shit over to you, you're going to have to run me my bread, him his bread, and then catch me on the way out. Right. And I liked that moment. And then I also liked when Levy broke down and told the story about what he witnessed as a child, because that literally made you change your opinion of him because up until then you just thought he was an asshole yeah you thought he was an asshole young hot-headed conceited um it's funny i never i never i'd never had that thought really about him being all of those things i never had that thought Hmm. i felt like everybody else was being assholes towards him Hmm. not even there's a point in the movie where he told them that he wasn't rehearsing nothing he wasn't gonna do nothing and he laid down. And then when he heard the white man coming down the steps, he grabbed his trumpet and hurried up and stood up and was like, Yes, sir, we we rehearsing. Remember, yeah. Not even in that moment. Maybe, that, maybe that's what causes them to say that he was shucking and jiving and moving for the white man because he had already cussed them out. Right. And then the white man comes down the store steps and it's like, Yes, sir, we we rehearsing, like you said. And by the way, did you, you get a chance to look at my music? I think I think in in that instant, um, yeah, I I understood that part. Okay. But I think his his overall um, character, um, I think everybody else was kind of like um, the asshole was towards him because everybody else was setting their ways and then true. Oh, that's that is very true. There's here comes this new guy. He wants to do this that way and and. He 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 doesn't hear the things that I like. He wants to. He hears things differently, and he like all those other things. So I just felt like me personally. I was like, I feel like I'm more on Levy. In. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I think um, again, spoiler city. I think with the close of everything and him pissing off Ma and Ma pissing him off and then her firing him and then him quitting and him going downstairs and somebody's fucking stepping on his shoe and that being what breaks him. Yeah. Um, and him ultimately stabbing Toledo, who Toledo, if you remember any of his monologues earlier in the movie, he was actually kind of like a loving father figure and he was trying to see where Levy was coming from. Yeah. And when Levy his story about what happened to him the look in his eyes he felt more than everyone else did it kind of lingered with him and he was just like he admitted to him he was like yeah i've been you a fool and i've been a fool ain't nothing wrong with being a fool but i'll never be the same fool twice i remember him saying that and it was like almost like he was trying to tell levy like what you're going through all of us has done that ain't nobody faulting you for it but just learn from the mistakes that you're making the bridges that you're burning and then for Levy in his, what I believe to be a PTSD like snap, he stabs that man for something that seems as silly as stepping on his shoe. But in reality, it's Levy crumbling because the one thing that he had, like he had all his apples in this one basket and then uh-huh. that basket falls apart. He can't take it. And he reacts almost childishly. I think it was before that because, well, a little bit before that is is Levy. He's like, okay, everybody has 
their own opinion, has their own ideas about me, but they don't know me. Yeah. Um, I'm being blamed for shit that has nothing to do with me just for the simple fact that I have, I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious mm-hmm. because um, in that one scene where um, I guess Cutler talks to Irvin as far as like the, the nephew of Miles, like he can't do it. He tries to mix his, he tried to mix the conversation and say the band, blah, 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 blah. And then Miles like, oh, I, I know that um, Le- Levy has something to do with it. And he's, and I'm, and I'm like, okay. They did blame a lot on Levy. You're right. Yeah. So Just it kind like of, when they didn't record it, they were like, Levy must have kicked the cord. And right. He was like, I kicked the cord, and then the cord was actually chewed up. Yeah. That's why I said he, he was kind of, he was also the antagonist, but also the victim for sure. Yeah. Which was my original stance. And then th- in the end, oh, go ahead. No, um, I was just going to say, I, th- I think his, 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 his ambition um, made him the antagonist, even though he wasn't like a, the quote, quote unquote, like antagonist, his ambition made him that. In a yeah. circle of people who were just really simply just trying to like, do what they came to get paid for and then um you're bounce. right yeah and ambition is what made him the antagonist and if you say it that way then it's almost kind of like can you blame him right but i think it's, that does that, that actually you saying that statement kind of shifts it for me so so what ends up happening in the movie like i just previously stated is that toledo gets stabbed uh, unfortunately due to I want to say a psychotic break with Chadwick's character, Levy. One thing that I got from the additional special that I watched that I didn't realize, because we, we know about the death of Toledo and how uh, unexpected that shit was. Yeah, I just it was expected. When it happened, you're still sitting there like, did he just, like, is this really, was right, it right. that? Yeah, you know, we're going through it. There were actually two deaths and the director points those deaths out. There was the death of Toledo. And then in the end, when they show a white band playing and singing one of the songs that Levy kind of gave away to, what's his name? Stuyvesant? Studevant? Sturdivant. Sturdivant that he gave to that man that paid him $5 for for each song is yeah. now being sung by a white band. So not only was it the death of Toledo, but he points out that it was the death of black art. So in that movie, there were two deaths that were suffered. Yeah. And it kind of puts it into perspective. The death of black art we see every day, not just music, culture, clothing, vernacular, speech, inventions athletics um, yeah we see it so much so this movie it's about ma but ma is representing everyone who wants to be good at their craft and not accept any less from anybody and then what happens when that person is confronted with a new idea which levy represents a new idea a different way to look at things a different way to do things we sometimes make ourselves look outdated 
or right. and, and then and then some somebody who's just simply tired of um being under the thumb of white people mm-hmm. um being what he's been through so it makes sense because i think i think people who who hasn't uh experienced that type of trauma probably don't have those type of um ambitions because their whole life they've been through if i act this way i get this if i act the way i get this versus somebody who has all this trauma and they've seen that oh i know what they really can do mm-hmm. so now i have to play a part um in order to get what i you know what i'm saying so yeah. yeah we all do that i know i do it all the time at work of course they, they call it they um What's that movie? The other movie, um, like he stands for his name with um the voice. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Did you did you watch that? I don't want to say yes on camera. <laughs> Why? Because it's weird at the end. It is and hella weird. The, the the end the end. I was sold on it until the end when they started yeah. turning horses. The horses like, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, that part kind of fucked me up. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Um, so to but, close this out, do you feel like the rating? Well, let me make the let me make this last statement. And watching the accompanying thirty minute, did you ever go watch that thirty minute special? I did, I did it, but I'm, I'm gonna watch it. It's worth it. Well. Yes, my kids. Heads and beds. He- heads and beds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ran. I randomly just yell that shit for no reason now because you know. all the time, all the time. Um, one of the metaphors that the director was left with, oh, well, that he gave us, he said that this metaphor, he said that the movie was a metaphor for, and I don't want to misquote it. Um, if you don't confront the past pain or horrors, you can't move forward. And he's absolutely right. As of what's going on right now, if we don't, as a society, if people don't confront the things that they've done to us, we can't move forward because there's no healing. And it's shown in that movie when Levy did not confront the pain of his past horrors, mm-hmm. it caused him to snap. Yeah. When Ma couldn't confront the fact that she's getting a little bit older, things are a little bit different. People want things to be different. Mm-hmm. It caused her to not move forward. She was stuck. Yeah. She was stagnant. And her music got lost. People didn't want to work with her afterwards. She didn't die doing what she loved in the aspect of making this music. She just went back to what it was that felt right to her. And that was like managing theaters because that's kind of like where she grew up in. But I'm pretty sure if she could have still made music and people would have, you know, put up with her and stuff like that, or if she was able to evolve instead of being worried about the levies of the world and the Bessies of the world. If she would have confronted all of that stuff head on, she would have been able to go forward and she probably could have existed beyond what she did. She obviously wanted to work a hundred songs in five years. Right. What was she, the last Drake album we had? She was, she was the original Lil Wayne. Yeah. Listen, before he did that bid and he put out rebirth that was doing a video every week, almost that rebirth is yeah. trash, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, holds on we're not gonna get into that either but yeah so i i like the fact that he said that if we can't combat come confront the past pain and horrors then you can't move forward um because he's talking to society 
-hmm. If y'all don't admit what you did wrong and say, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to keep going. I ain't got it in me. Um, so it received a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree saying that it probably should have been 100. Hmm. That's the only reason. Right on. That's the only reason why. I, I think it was right on for me. I, I don't there's nothing on this movie that you that you can have any type of negative pull from. There's nothing there's nothing negative you can pull from it. I don't I don't think so. I you know what? I feel like there is from the movie because there's a lot more to be learned from the movie, but if you didn't watch that extra 30 minute special, you wouldn't have known. And all it took was 30 minutes. And I'm telling you, when you watch that 30 minutes, it yeah. does so much character development and so much backstory and so much more information on Ma Rainey. So for me, to be honest, that was worth more than 2%. If you would right. gave this a 90, the other 10% is also in the special. So the movie itself wasn't, wasn't bad at all. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud that it did what it did. But when you say that statement that there's nothing more that you could have, you know, gotten from this movie. Um, no, no, I'm saying there's nothing negative you could have pulled. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. So you're saying there's nothing negative that you could have pulled. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything negative, but I think these little tidbits that they gave you in this special uh -huh. could have been brought to the movie and that would have bumped it up to 100%. Okay, okay. So it's not, it's not really a diss. It's just that there was so much more that there was so much more history into that because yeah. if you watch the movie, you don't know that it's about a real person. Right. Right. You, you don't know the other death that's in the movie. You don't know the history, especially to newer, the newer. Generation. I wonder if that's, do you, do you think that's real? What? The, the ending, how it ended. You think that's real? No, there's, I think there's some fictionality to that. Now, there are real members in the band that are portrayed by the, the actors. Right. Um, but I don't, I can't remember seeing if Toledo's death was real. But these, like, you can see pictures of Ma and her, her girls and her band and her manager and, like, all of those things. I'm sure there's some fictionality to it. But So, so let me ask you, I'm going I'm to ask you this before we... What point, what point you think was made um, in that scene? What scene? About um, Toledo's death. If it's not real. If it's not real, the the same metaphor that if if we don't help people through their trauma. Mm -hmm then it's going to end up consuming either them or somebody else. Mm -hmm. Again, one of, one of the biggest stigmas that the black community has is mental health. We act like it doesn't exist. Right. We, we've done it with homosexuality. I hear all the time people saying Lee Daniels or whoever else is de-emasculating the black men by putting men in these situations where there's homosexuality. Homosexuality has been around for years caesar and mark anthony and all of their peoples it's depicted throughout history throughout artwork if you look at the ratio of homosexuals 
or people in the LGBTQIA community? The ABC, One, the ABC community? I'm not calling it that. I'm giving them their letters. You can oh. do that and deal with that drama on your own. The alphabet. Um, the alphabet gang. But one in every three people belongs to that community. These people have been here. Being, yeah. being yeah, of, of that community isn't something that's new. It's just that people are feeling more and more comfortable coming out with who they are. Um, so with that being said, if we don't help people through their traumas, it's, it's going to consume themselves or us. Flat out, period. Right. That's why people go through things like being bullied and they want to decide to shoot up schools. Mm. That's why people commit suicide because they don't know how to deal with certain feelings. That's why you have someone who remains in the closet and when they do decide to come out, they take it to the extreme because they've not had anybody to help through those traumas. We help people through picking out lottery numbers wedding dresses and all kinds of stuff but we can't stop to help our fellow man deal with any type of situation they may be battling internally right so i i agree with the point that the story is trying to make about that if, if you don't help people you're hurting people right what i agree you, with you oh, okay what you i agree know? with you it was a good movie and it was good for multiple reasons, but most importantly, um, I think it opens the, the eyes to culturally what we went through uh-huh. mentally with a lot of people are dealing with. Cause not just him, Ma was dealing with that, you know, that new thing. What happens when there's a new kid on the block? Yeah. And then, and then um, the other thing was, I didn't know how, uh, how early, um, people dealt with like their sexuality. Mm-hmm. That was another thing for me, of course, because you you mentioned Caesar and all this. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm 100 aware of Caesar because he's not my skin color. Well, not not just specifically speaking to him, right? But right, the right. word orgy derives from from Greek culture. I did not know that. There's artwork, there's paintings, there's sculptures. This is like something that was. I yeah I, I never going on from like you. a long time ago. So the fact that we're seeing it now is just because people are more comfortable. Right. I think we ran into it when we had what Mr. C that was seen with with transvestites and stuff like that in in New York. You know that type of thing. That was an orgy. No, it wasn't an orgy. But that's him dealing with what he likes. Like, who are we to think that in the rap community that there aren't going to be men or women? Yeah, yeah. aren't straight is the easiest way, but we embrace it it when it comes to women. It's cute to name yourself Nicki Minaj, that's cute. But for a man to delve into those type of things, now he's got to be cut off, he's got to be clowned, he's got to be shunned. You can't come around this block, you can't do stuff like that. And that is a show for another day. I'm about to say, yeah, I can't, yeah, because I can't, I can't be Eddie Minaj. That's a yeah, that's a whole. (laughs) <laughs> but we applaud it when it's a woman and we degrade it when it's when it's a male. But homosexuality has been around for forever. If, if you're going to protect all civil rights, protect all civil rights. If I'm you being honest, you know, and not fight for 
people that don't identify with your gender or for sexual orientation? If I'm being honest, I honestly really don't care. And that's fine. But I really I'm because is it because it doesn't I will fight. There, there's a difference between being neutral, which I think you're saying that you are. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah. Being an ally, and you will fight even if you you're not of that community. Oh, I'm an ally. I'll fight. Civil rights are civil. I think that I I have I have family. I have friends who's on both sides. Um, so it doesn't bother me. It don't bother me because it's yeah. just, do you hear it's like because I'm like because I'm like if it doesn't affect me why am I worried about it do you hear how you, what you just said is awful why because of everything that we're right now with the Black Lives Matter movement what you just said if one of my white friends says it doesn't bother me so it doesn't really you know what I mean I, it doesn't bother me it doesn't okay. affect let me so let me about, no 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 could you say what you said? No, no 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 I I think it came out No it came out how you wanted it no, to come no, no. out. I don't know. This is what I'm But like I said, civil rights are civil rights. So that same mentality that you, I get what you were saying. You no, didn't you, mean it. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is it doesn't affect my everyday life for me personally. I don't have it doesn't bother me. But You're not if clarifying. some hold on, hold on. If somebody comes out and say, oh, if if my son is gay, I don't have a problem with my son being gay. I'm going to defend my son, blah, 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 blah. If my friend is, is gay, I'm going to defend my friend, blah, 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 blah. But if it doesn't bother me personally, I don't put that much effort into trying to batter or um, whatever the case is because I don't have that much interest in it because it's not affecting me personally that that you you still further prove my point if one of my white friends says i don't have a problem with my friends being black i don't have a problem with my daughter dating a black guy because i don't deal with that type of issue personally that wouldn't be my white friend anymore no 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 no, no. no because we have to treat it as the same thing again it is the same thing our civil rights thing. But I'm just saying that your way of thinking is why some people have white friends. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the most. No, 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 let me speak now. Okay. Have white friends that don't show up, but they don't mind reposting a meme or posting hashtag black lives matter because no, I don't, I don't have a problem with black people from some of my friends are black. I don't have an issue with my daughter dating a black guy, or I like black guys, I've dated black guys in the past, but I can honestly say that I personally have not had any issues with black people. Those are the people I don't want in my march and my protests. Right. And that's essentially what you said. And yes, they're two different things. One is about a race and one is about a gender or a sexuality. Some can argue that you can't help your sexuality and i mean we can't change our race at all it's something that we were born with but it's about support and it's about support when nobody is demanding it of you and it's about civil rights yeah i mean we're fighting for 
the protected cases, whether it's race, re, uh, race, creed, religion, sexual orientation, preference, ethnicity, all of those things, those are all civil rights. So if we protect one, you got to protect them all. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm not the most articulate person when it comes to these things. Um, I, I would like to think that I'm um, more open to these things. All I'm trying to say is that when I, when I say it doesn't affect me personally, when I, I mean as... You sound like Lil Wayne. No, not, no. If it, if it doesn't... When I say that it doesn't affect me personally, then I don't care. What I'm saying is... I, I know who I am as a person. I know what my sexuality is. So if somebody else is saying that they're gay, cool. That's who you want to be. It doesn't bother me because I know who I am. Yeah. That's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say. We're not talking about it in the best of times. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say is that if, if, if I, I know what I am, I know what if, if somebody else is different than what I am, I don't have a thought or I don't have a a, um, a bias or I don't have a, 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 a anything negative towards somebody else being whatever they want to be. All I'm saying is that because I know that I'm one way and they're one way, it doesn't affect me. That's 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 what I was trying to say. Okay. You sound that's, like that's, <laughs> I don't know what Black Lives Matter is because I've personally never had to deal with it. But I know, but I know what Black Lives Matter means. And I and I know this is and I know what gay because I have I have a lot of gay members in my family, and I have a lot of people in my family. Is it a club? I have a lot of no, gay members. I have a lot of I want to say I this. I get because, what you're trying to say, but I also need you to get what you're saying out no, loud. Like no, you said, hold, hold, I just want to say this one point. I also just want to say this one point. I have a lot of gay members in my family. And I have cousins and uncles who don't agree with it, mm-hmm. and they don't. They don't total. They will totally ignore the fact that. Um, My that elbows. We have, that we have gay uh, family members, right? And they just act like they don't exist. I'm not a part of that, and I, I have. I, I talk to, I communicate with them, male or female, I communicate with them all the time. I'm like, if if you're my cousin, you're my blood, whatever, if you're my friend, if you, just because you're one way doesn't, and, and, I, I'm, and I'm not that, doesn't mean I'm going to act like you don't exist. They, they will totally say, we don't have gay people in our family. I'm like, but such and such is gay. Such and such, they, That's why I said it's a stigma in the black community. It shit's wild. Yeah, and they would do all that. They'll say, oh, such and such, such and I would say, well, it's because so he played with all those dolls when he was younger. It's because his daddy wasn't around. It's because all the, uh, the shit's disgusting. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with gay people. Gay. Um. Now, but never mind. I'm not even gonna say that. No. no. Don't say it. No. 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 Yeah. Don't go. To, don't go down that street because I'm waiting. We'll have that conversation offline. <laughs> yeah, we will. We had a so, conversation. Yeah. Alrighty's Black Bottom. We both decided it was a good movie. So it's time to do the dreaded awful and pick what our next movie will be. And I got my pick already since we're doing with black. We only have a few days left in black history. We do. Started late. So we're going to extend it just one more week. Yeah. So what you got? 
I have. Because <laughs> for me, when what I say black history. What kind of laugh is that? <laughs> I picked I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> okay. For, for a few reasons. Hear me okay. out. Okay. When I think of history, I think of family. When I think of family, there's only a couple of families in the film industry. And when I say a couple, I still only think of one um, families in the film industry that stand out amongst us. And the Wayans family is one of those. And we just did, uh, what was the last movie that we did? We did drama. And in this one, I, I wouldn't call it just drama. I would call this one. What would you say? Action. It was not action. What? It was drama, but in a certain, a different sense. And we did pick a horror movie, and there aren't very many African American horror. Hold on, what movie you say again? What? Which one did just now? No, yeah. What? What movie you just pick? I'm gonna get you sucker. It's comedy. You said it's not an action. No, I was talking about movies that we have previously. Oh, 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 okay, okay. No, this one is definitely action. Gotcha, it's black gotcha, exploitation gotcha. done at its finest. Yes. It's Wayne's family who is extremely creative. Oh, uh, it's paying homage to there's Dole, there's a lot of is in there. there. There's a lot of great actors. Pam yeah. Greer. Is she in yeah. there? Yeah, she's in there. There's a bunch of good stuff in this movie now. Okay. Going over this movie is going to be kind of tough because even in just dealing with the two movies that we've done, we've segued into a bunch of stuff. So we may actually need to meet beforehand because we do all of this blind. We both watch and then we meet, which is mm. why we kind of jump all over the place. So to stay on task, we if we do this movie, we may have to like... What is that? Is that's my, that's that's what my, it my, like no, no, that's my I agree with you. Uh... You ain't got, you got to do a hand. Yeah, bitch. Can I say bitch? Huh? You can say bitch. Oh, bitch, yes. (laughs) (laughs) With the close hand. Um, I say that one because I think we should do a comedy and it needs to be black. Now, what I won't do is white chicks. That's where I draw the line. Okay. If you want to do a bad movie, we can do that. And I'll give my opinion. I'm not doing it. Okay. Well, since you're doing that, then I'm going to go with Harlem Nights. Oh, let's do Harlem Nights. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a better movie. And if we're talking about Black history, there's so yeah. much history in that movie. All right. Harlem Nights. Har- Harlem Nights it is. I think there's actually a drink called a Harlem Night. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to pick the drink this All time. Right. Okay. It's going to be something dark. Maybe I'll do something with Henny. You like Henny. I do. I do. I do strange things on Henny. We'll I'll we'll figure it out. I'll we'll anything goes. Anything can happen. Uh, yeah. We'll do yeah. It's I'm a, I'm gonna look up a henny drink. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, you got me on air. We're gonna go over it and that'll be our final black history movie. And then well, no, it won't because by then, guess what would have been out? Coming to America too. That's March what? It's next week. Okay. Just... No, we're going to do this one first because we still need to do something else. Okay. And then we'll do it because okay. we want to I think 
All right, so we so we so we we already know what the next movie going to be. Yeah. After after okay, cool. Yeah. Of course right. we have to. Cool. All right. So okay. this week we're going to do Harlem Nights. Um and then next week we're going to do Coming to America 2. Two. Bet. All right. We got to wear dashikis. I got one. You got one? I do. Tiffany brought me one back from Africa. I'm trying to have a head wrap. Listen, I'm going to be I in got there. one. Should I should I have a hair wrap? Because I got braids. Should I let's have go. Hey, let's do it all the way the fuck up. You better bark like a big dog. We get no, ready. No, no, get no. Why I gotta bark? I'm a I'm a no no. Why I gotta bark? I don't because I'm bossy and you gotta bark. We'll figure it out. And then what? The week after you're or the week after that, come you're a, allegedly come. going to be in Kentucky. I I would know. 